0: Ownership has absolutely changed my life. I I am a big advocate for that. I think that you have to be equitable and like empathetic in everything you're doing. It's not about numbers. At the end of the day, one thing that I love about real estate in particular is like the human element of it and realizing that, you know, like you're providing a very a need for people and like they have needs as well. And like if you can be human in your understandings of that, like there's a lot of money to be made that can be consistent and Here in this capitalist like world where we don't make the rules, like this is a good way for those of us who don't have much to maximize what little we have.
1: Welcome everybody to the faking notes podcast. Podcast. Ladies, gentlemen, how y'all feeling? How you feeling, Trevor? I'm feeling great after today. Why is that? I'm ready
2: to to take ownership of my life.
1: It's, it, that was an inside joke because we, we tried to do this intro before. The next guest we have for you all, he's my landlord. He's one of my best friends. He is an incredible man that I aspire to be like in many respects. Uh, his name is Wynton Grant. He is a Grammy-nominated violinist who has played for movies you may have seen, Lion King, uh, Minions, and most recently, Mulan. He also tours with many musicians around the country, is a freelancer just like me out here in LA. But also he's a real estate and just financial strategist. And he's incredibly gifted when it comes to this idea of money and how to leverage yourself as an entrepreneur, how to get ahead in this freelance economy.
2: We talk a lot about some of his strategies, his mindsets, how he's able to go out and really afford himself freedom while staying highly disciplined. He lives well within his means. He knows how to leverage his work, himself, his knowledge, and his money to have the type of life he wants to have. He owns his house, he's starting new businesses, he's planned the next year, five years from now, ten years from now. We get to really see like what that is like and then how you yourself can go into other fields that He's really thriving in. So you're gonna you're gonna love this episode with Wenton. He's incredible. He's an inspiration for me. I've enjoyed reading up on his stories, his real estate plays, his business, just through his Twitter. And so Mm -hmm. it's been really fun having him out on the pod so that we can finally get down to the nitty-gritty. So you're gonna learn a lot from this one.
1: This is my boy, Wenton Grant. (laughs) I hope you guys enjoy.
2: Welcome to the Faking Notes podcast.
1: It's good to be here, man. What's
0: good? It's good to be here. Thank you.
2: So even better, you're actually just in the room across (laughs) from Drew.
0: (laughs) I am. Drew's like 10 feet behind me on that other wall over there. (laughs) I can hear him laughing through the wall. (laughs)
2: Extreme social distancing. like That's what I'm talking about. You can't even...
0: Yes. Quarantine edition. Yeah. We take it to the next level. (laughs) He's even got a mask on. I know it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> dude don't look that's also something like when i'm in my house i've always thought like if i'm like supposed to post constant and stuff do i wear a mask even though because like i think the sentiment you know is like really important right now because even just driving this is america y'all this is america come on freedom yeah, like,
0: yeah exactly
2: well well thanks for coming on Wynton. like this has been quite a quite a journey to get you on here so something you just said I thought was really interesting in that you really follow your joy most people if they if they saw all the things you do which is just insane actually it's insane you know they think oh he's doing what he's doing the grind he is grinding but yet you're smiling all the time it doesn't seem like a grind to you have you have you always been like that have you always been hardworking did something spark this like like what's going on here
0: no, Drew, Drew and I've talked about this a lot and I'm sure you feel the same way. Quarantine has kind of changed my life in a number of ways, but one thing for sure has been finding my own ways to finding ways to stay busy and like keep a full schedule. Mm-hmm. I just found in life that I really operate at my best when I'm like slammed full. And if my schedule's super wide open, it's kind of easy for me to get a little not off track, but just not be as like productive as I want to be. Um, and I think that's been a lifelong thing when I was growing up in high school, I was doing a gajillion like extracurriculars in addition to like a full academic load and then through college, grad school, everything else. It just seems like, you know, I was always trying to do seven things. Even when I was in grad school at Yale, like I remember second year there, I was working a student job for like 25 or 30 hours a week. Plus also like doing nude modeling and like going to New York for things and being a TA for some other stuff and also trying to be a student and take auditions and put on a recital. So I kind of like being in the middle of the fire. Did you say nude modeling?
2: I'm so pissed. For
0: real. real.
2: That was one of my questions. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to come in like hot ones. They'd be like, oh my God.
1: I'm sorry. I was gonna let you finish, but I was like, I can't have heard. I heard that wrong. I was gonna come in with research. I was just like, oh my
2: god, Wynn's gonna be blown away. I read articles about him. Like, I'm gonna oh, come so in and be like, already. I'm gonna be like, yo, like, nude modeling, what? And then you just blew right through it. <laughs> no, we, it's,
0: it's
2: we it's have new, to I'm talk sorry, about yeah. this nude modeling. Yeah. Is it for like the like the art school or just straight up? Exactly, like, yeah,
0: no, it's for the art school. It's just the art school. One of my friends hit me up, and she was just like dude, like, you should do this. Like, it paid better than any other student jobs on <laughs> campus. Paying paid 25 bucks an hour. It was, like, two hours a week. Just go stand oh, up yes. there. Right. Although I will say this. I'm not going to say any names, but I will go on the record to say that there's one girl at school who is so beautiful. I worked with her one day my first year and I never saw her again. I was just like, wow, like, I never forgot about her, though. Uh-huh. And so, of course, you know, the night before nude modeling, I'm like, dude, what happens tomorrow if, like, you know, the, girl, like, the most beautiful girl shows up and, like, you know, yeah. it's a scene. Like, I'm not trying to have anything come up during the middle of the yeah. Yeah. art yeah. Yeah. <laughs> class, you know? Um, but of course, up. who's yeah. like the third person to walk in is this girl who I haven't seen in over a year. She looks even more beautiful than ever. And the rest of the semester was really like uh, a lesson in patience and practice and focus and just being <laughs> calm and cool, you know, collected. <laughs>
1: it- <laughs> Mind over matter. Mind you over know matter what I'm yeah. It really brings. <laughs> we never had any incidents, but uh...
2: yeah, I mean, it really like uh, that. Um, that pretty much summarizes the idea of bringing joy to the grind.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. Staying focused, staying calm, collected, not uh, letting things get out of hand or out of pocket.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but that's incredible. I mean, like looking at the list and just stalking you. Uh, yeah. That same article um, by our also great friend of the pod, John Hong, John, like, that's how I first heard of you was reading yeah. his article. And then here we are, whatever, three years later, two or three years later. Yeah, yeah. Like talking about it. And so I, what I wanted to do in preparation for today was I revisited that article and I'm like, yeah, damn, he's still, he's still out here, like grinding, like, <laughs> but just having a great time. I finally got to hang out, come over to Drew's place,
0: is that when I was gone? I, I think you came. It was like a part. But that was at night. We were all chilling. There, there was a moment. Yeah, it was like we some right? party.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you walked yeah, in. I, mean, I was just like, there he is. The John Hong article. <laughs> and already, you know, we were talking about like businesses and stuff. And you have like boxes of.
0: Dude, that's there. still the sit. There's still merch. Stash. The merch. All over and so much more coming. But yeah, go on. Sorry. <laughs> and we were.
2: <laughs> but I specifically remember in our, in our conversation, because I feel like we actually talked for a while. Yeah just about mindsets of getting into this. One thing that particularly interests me that I think really separates you from a lot of the other people we interact is it's not just these other businesses, but it's not even with the intention of like making them specifically music. You're going in and succeeding in entirely different fields. It's not, "Oh, I'm going to get into real estate to like a, a recording studio or a concert place or I'm going to yeah. get into merch and sell rags for clarinets." Like, no, you're going in there and Like really thriving in entirely different industries? Was that by design? Is it just interest? How did you get to that point?
0: Man, that's a really great question. No one's ever asked me that before. And I feel like I, myself, have spent a lot of these past few years kind of juggling various answers to that and trying to find answers myself. I think uh, you're right. So, I don't know what you guys are going to say in the summary, but as far as what people can know that I have going on right now. So yeah, I'm obviously a freelance musician. Um, I play in the studios out here. I like record for people. Um, I also am like low key, but slowly pushing my own like artistic endeavor. So it's all kind of under the music envelope. Then I also yeah, work in real estate. So I work for that commercial real estate investment company. And we buy and sell a bunch of buildings here in Los Angeles, um, as well as my own real estate that I own. Uh, and then, <clears throat> yeah, the e low little businesses, side hustles, other things I'm trying to do that are totally, mostly unrelated to music, unrelated to real estate even, and are pretty much explicitly uh, financial place, which is, um, Drew and I talk about this a lot. I feel like anybody who talks to me, <laughs> for some reason or other, we wind up talking about investing in some capacity. I think about it a lot. Um, I definitely am a musician, but I'm really dedicated towards trying to be a financially stable and successful musician. There was a time when I was really concerned with just like being financially stable. And I do want that of course, but I'm realizing that for the lifestyle I want to live and the things I want to achieve, it's not enough just to like make ends meet and be stable, but that if I'm going to dedicate my time and energy to doing something, I might as well go big with it and try to like make the most and best of it that I can. And so coming back to the other business ventures, even so if buying the house here in LA was my first significant purchase um, and like kind of big venture that set me up for a lot of freedom um, and house hacking out here enabled me to save and the real game plan. Like I I went on the record with my dad about this years ago before I bought the house. I'll go on the record about it now. And like 10 years from now, I hope that all this stuff is coming true. It's basically like determining what are the, like inputs for this equation of like financial stability and income and like future and then like figuring out how to augment and fulfill in those blanks and so the like saving and like stability equation is partly what you can save and what you can earn right now i've Mm -hmm. pretty much reduced my lifestyle to a relatively low cost lifestyle like i can't reduce my costs that much more. So the other side of that is figuring out ways to increase my income. And I know that as musicians, Mm -hmm. one thing that we do that we get paid for is playing. It's not super scalable. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, I'm really happy to say the stuff that I play out here in LA, I feel like I'm about (coughs) capped out as far as like what you can get just for like a raw hourly rate, as far as you you sitting down and playing. And so the only way I can increase my earning potential uh, and earning reality mm-hmm. is by finding other ventures to dive into that for me, when I think about the various things I'm trying to do with the e-com, I always look for something that is uh lightweight, hopefully uh, that's going to be popular, that has like a massive market. Like I'm not trying to invest with anything less than like billions of dollars, but ideally trillion dollar market where I can come in and get a little bit of that market share. And then again, come back to the flexibility thing. Like I'm mostly trying to do music and these other ventures. And so I know in my life, the various things I've gone through and done sometimes are more and less time intensive. Right now is very time intensive kind of starting these businesses, but there, were, there will come a day where I have things automated, I outsource a lot of the work and I can get back to focusing on the artistic creative ventures. And I guess to really summarize it all, coming back to mindset, it's all about that. Is figuring out like what's the main thing I want to be doing, which is being an artistic, creative person, have freedom to travel, see my friends, see my family, and to give back when and where I can. So if that's what I want to do, my solution was finding a career that allows me to do that, and finding other things that fit within that career or that add and can be made to fit within that, that will still ultimately get me to where I'm trying to go. Wow! So for me, that's been like the real estate, that's Dude, been the music, that's, and that's been now these yeah. other businesses a little accessories, and then the like athleisure lifestyle company, um, and like the drone business. Yeah, just start. all the stuff is starting. Like I don't, you don't know, go down the list. Like this is like a twelve-page show. <laughs> <notes>. a <laughs> One
1: thing I wanted to point to, and the reason why I wanted to connect the two of you. Because one thing that you may not know about uh, Trevor Winton. Also a nude model. Also. <laughs> like, I it's only on website. Thursdays. Only mm-hmm. on Thursdays, bro. I've been telling only on you. Only on OnlyFans. So. <laughs> well, what was really cool about him is the joke that we have on here in this podcast is that he's trying to speed run life. <laughs> so when it comes to automation, when it comes to delegation to AI programs and other program link chains of systems. Trevor yeah. is your man to go Yo. to. So Dude, i want y'all to like tell me. Yeah, like trust me, bro. As soon as I have this shit going,
0: that's exactly what I mean. I'm not going to be doing anything.
2: It's the automation. And so another reason why I'm so happy, Drew, we like we've been talking about having you on here uh yeah, you know, since me. since you were born. So like that's again <laughs> this, this really is an inevitability. You're you're an, an actual inspiration to like, like reading, even, even recently I'm really glad to hear that your, your yeah. Twitter, your play, your $30,000 play, real estate play, just like following yeah. the narrative. One, you're very open and you're sharing things, which is
0: incredible. Uh, be- I will say nobody in the whole, I found a lot of real estate people on Twitter. Nobody did has done a thread like that. I shared a lot of info on that. Which
2: blows yeah. my mind. And so I'm sitting here like reading it. First off, I'm like, what is, what are any of these words? And uh, two, I'm just like, wow, this guy every time I interact with them, I feel like I'm, I'm learning something more and I'm inspired to go out. And in the past year or so, it's kind of driven me to get out of that scarcity mindset, get out of that starving yes. artist mindset and be like, wait, Hell yeah! I don't have to, the buzzword in my mind for anything I do now is the scalable. It's kind of triggered my real. automation obsession and minimum viable product and all these other things. Yep. And a lot of that comes from being aware of you and, and interacting with you and reading your Twitter threads.
0: <laughs> Man, I'm, I'm, I'm really, I'm hyped to, uh, to hear that from you guys. Obviously I feel the same. I, I like regretting that. I don't have a podcast these days because I just know that for you guys, like this is a really brilliant idea. to not only like keep up with the homies and other people who are super interesting within the industry, but also just when you look back to now it's been a year, you have 69 who, episode um, hopefully someday it's like 690 and that'll be years worth of relationships and connections that you guys will have built and nurtured and who only knows like what tales and and adventures and education and other things will come of all that
1: bro you're part of the faking family you're part of the story man hey. and that's that's what we like eventually we just had sam walder on uh of the ceo of the Trola app like yeah. and it was an incredible conversation, and he was like, "I'm excited to be here because it feels like you guys are like a door, and I'm paraphrasing a door into the music community."
2: And we're and like, "Put like, that on a t-shirt right now!" Call the you know higher
1: publicist. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to I need to ask Winton how to how to monetize this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> dude, bro, I, like, how I do I make that, t-shirts on this? I like, I'm thinking
0: about it. <laughs> All the time. Drew knows this. We've definitely talked about it a lot. We talk about it all the time. I have lots Love of it. thoughts.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, just as a thought exercise, like yeah. w- if, if you were to have like a moment with your friends, just like speed running, I'm trying to speed run my life. If we're trying to make a, like a brand or like some sort of like merchandising item, like what would be the play for you? What would be the process to like set that up and start making money with that idea? I keep saying this, you and know,
0: I've talked about this, but I guess when we live together, we talk about a lot of things.
1: Um, <laughs> yeah, we <me> do, <too>, bro. <laughs> you no, know,
0: so kind of, I would definitely look at whatever someone has to offer as far as their strength, skills, abilities, just like raw stuff, mm-hmm. um, and then try to find something that. Okay, one scalability is not everything. If you can do something and get paid well for it once, you don't need to be able to scale it. Mm-hmm. You know, so there is a that that's like a trade off within music stuff. But I would look for something that is like extensory or maybe not directly related to our line of work that is like cheap and relatively low cost to entry to like kind of get into. And then that you can experiment within for us. And maybe even for this podcast, I'm really spitballing right now, but if everyone who plays bassoon and plays viola has a cleaning cloth and listens to this, why don't you hit them with a little like faking notes cleaning cloths so they can be faking their notes while they're not even playing, you know?
1: I don't know. True. No, that's, I like, no, no, I love that because like what you're doing is basic economics. You look at the, the processes, you look at the, the workflow, you look at the systems that are involved with an activity. Like when you see, yeah. a, when you see an acorn or see a tree, you see the acorn, you don't see the tree. You see the wood that could be turned to lumber. You see the paper, you see, you know, a kale smoothie. I don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's is a garnish you could put. Right. And, that's what I love about the way your brand works. Um, yeah. So I wanted to illuminate that. But like but so, in terms so, of e-commerce, what would you do
0: Well, in that way? Probably the same. One thing mm-hmm. I'm excited to be doing myself right now, and one thing I would love to see you guys do, because I don't know what you do this right now and where your budget is, mm-hmm. but I'm really, really, really excited to start not only creating my own like ad campaigns and content and like looking larger scale out like right now. So with Sola, that Leisure line. I'm trying to launch. I'm trying to have samples come in. I'm trying to have products ready to go for Thanksgiving, December and moving on into like next year and hit like at least for the major holidays. So for you guys, I would be trying to think of like when, what are the holidays coming up? What's the content that we're producing that's related to that? And then, um, I don't know what your guys' actual marketing strategy is other than like reaching out to people and and, uh, and like sharing stuff by your own media. But if you do any media, like, like ad placement buying, like I that's what I'm really, really excited to do is mm. put ads on mm. Google, on Instagram, on Facebook, on all these mm. other places that was my other company I couldn't do for various legal reasons. Um, <laughs> but I think that there's a lot of growth and possibility in that space. And like the target ads are so good that if you're looking for new viewership, Um, I think that's an easy place to start
1: for sure. And, and that, that's part of the play, right? Is because like, we both are also maxed out kind of like with our respective. So it's, it's like when it comes to chopping up content, when it comes out to creating ad campaigns, I'm trying to learn how to make ad campaigns for my own stuff. So Mm -hmm. these are all, you know, moving targets, you know, it, it wasn't enough to learn how to, video or how to photo or how to even record audio with an audio interface and with XLR cables. I find that the new media and like the new way to really conduct business is so divorced from the actual act of what we do as musicians and so like that big knowledge gap is so profound for so many people and that's why i love surrounding myself with people like you who are really good at breaking it down and that's why we have this podcast because we're trying to help people understand maybe the the thought processes behind creating an entrepreneurial presence in the digital age yeah um my question is going to be
0: to trevor is like what sort of things are you, do you as automate and like, what would you suggest or recommend like places that, that people should start like quickly to more efficiency, like their life more efficient?
2: Uh, like that's a, that's a very good question. So one of the things I think that's interesting, we kind of just joke for those who don't know what speed running is. It's a niche within a niche of video game <laughs> subculture. Yeah, it's fascinating yeah, it's, to yeah. where they just try to beat games as quickly as possible. And so while that, <laughs> while that might, that's, that's it. That's a speed run. And so this little mm-hmm. sub niche group, which I can relate to as a, a, new music composer within classical music is that it's huge. It's done a lot of good, but it's not about, uh, like life hacking. It's not a hack thing. It's actually, it's not necessarily a shortcut. What they're doing is understanding a game in its entirety. And so like, that's what really draws me to, it's not just about the speed and like saving a second here or there, but in order to do that you have to have total control of all the systems of yourself of your inputs how the game is programmed like getting into the weeds of things and so like that's kind of why i jokingly say speedrunning is because the a level of skill and understanding is how you get to that faster loophole it's not necessarily shortcuts so what i've been doing is i don't want <clears throat> to i i don't really buy into like the the or I've shied away from like kind of like the roboting of ourselves um, where I'm yeah. like automating myself. But what I do want to do, if I'm just repeating any action that I don't have to be, that's really inefficient. So instead of, <laughs> oh, I want to be like lazy and like not do stuff, which I do. I am lazy and I don't want to do things. Uh, Me too. <laughs> Looking at...
0: The
1: last five days. Yeah. <laughs> you, okay, go ahead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> He's the most productive human on planet. Yeah, he's.
2: it's insane, it's insane. Yeah. But like looking at almost any action, if, if I can set it up, and I'll talk specifics of various programs and whatnot, but if I can set up anything yeah. that I'm doing repetitive that could be handled by a system, an automation, why not? And putting in that time, if it can save me up time over the year, that is more time I could spend on the creative process. So learning programs inside and mm-hmm. out just to, to speed up things to help me out. So a couple of quick programs. One is already built in on your phone, the shortcuts app. Like there's a couple simple things. Like post most recent photo to Instagram. Do do this. Copy Instagram hashtags. I'm just throwing out the Instagram yeah. examples. Make a GIF. Make a like what or whenever I walk in through the house, text me something. Um, yeah. and so on on the computer, one of the things I've been doing a lot is it's a program called Keyboard Maestro. There's one built-in called Automator. Apple doesn't really support it anymore, so don't use it. Okay, got it.
0: <laughs> got they, it. they
2: just kind of like left it to die. It's still there. But but for instance, an example is something along the lines of, like I'm exporting something from Logic, like this podcast. It's
0: like a two keystroke thing or something where it does it all, yeah. Yeah,
2: two keystroke thing. It handles everything. But now, I, uh, while it's exporting, I have it whenever it, like a certain text box pops up, like, you know, complete or whatever, or it recognizes the a new file in my directory, it, it texts me. Yeah. So I can walk around and like
0: Dope. these these. They this stuff complete as it yeah goes through.
2: And so I don't have to like run down like oh did that finish exporting? It, I can have it send me a song on Spotify like you're done. Oh. Yeah. Um, like what? It, oh, whatever be, that's it is. Romantic.
0: And so <laughs> that's really <laughs> slick. Wait, so do your uh, do your guys? Because the episodes are on Spotify, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so it, I might just push it and send you when
2: it's done. Yeah, and so I can do like things like that just on the export side. The best way to, like, or the easiest way to get around it is something like Google yeah. Sheets. I got into this because a lot of film... I love Google Sheets, dude. A lot of film composers use this to very high levels, some of my friends. So they'll be using it in like Logic or Cubase or Pro Tools to automate a lot of processes because there's just yeah. so many repetitive things that are annoying if you can automate it. Do it, But what I hadn't seen them do is use that everywhere else. Like I was looking at this program. I'm like, wait a minute, why am I only using it in like music programs? I can use this for emails. I can use this for text messages, sending things around. And so like, that's my new hobby is just trying to find the easiest way (laughs) to remove things that I just don't need to do in order to free up creativity.
0: i'm so with it
2: yeah yeah whatever else exactly once you get a hold of this then you might you might reach like nirvana or something like
1: yeah you just descend descend
2: into the sky as the ultimate
1: business person (laughs) yeah was it warren buffett that said like someone did somebody an investor recently because i've because i've been hanging out with winton more like i even (laughs) bought this book like the Jim Cramer, mm. uh, sane investing in an insane world, the Real Money book. So I'm like, I'm getting in these weeds too. When, an investor hey, said, go. like, the greatest uh, way to increase your capital is to increase your capacity for knowledge. Mm. Like, and 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 it, and learning new things, and that kind of like somebody said this. Because I literally just heard this last night and I was like, whoa, that's for real. Because what you're doing, Trevor, right now is you're learning these programs so intimately that over time you're going to save so much extra time by creating these. The cool thing about these programs,
2: too, is that they'll Mm -hmm. tell you like you saved three hours. <clears throat> and so, if you know, like obviously, th- tells me
0: I saved one hundred and twenty-seven dollars <laughs> last week because I used them instead of, you know, like, <laughs> like that sort of thing. Yeah, but I get the reminders. Yeah, just like, hey, or,
2: or Peloton's like, wow, you, you haven't done anything. Like, you know, get together. Yeah. <laughs> like, you worked out ten minutes this year. Yeah, like, spent all this clue. money on me. Spent three thousand dollars <laughs> on a bike.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's three hundred dollars a minute. Like, <laughs> yeah, bro, come on. Oh my god. <laughs> so
2: what really? I think what you had alluded to earlier about like coming on the podcast and what's kind of like neat is looking at this in the rearview mirror a couple of years later. It's kind of like a nice little time capsule of who you are, who we are, and what's going on in the world yeah. and what you're thinking. And what I thought was just so interesting is even some of uh the lines you've already spoken are called back to that time capsule of John Hong's. National
0: Sawdust article profile. I need you. to go reread that because I'm probably saying the same things. It is, and it's amazing. Saying the exact same things,
2: and it's <laughs> and like that's. I'm sitting here mind blown. I'm like, you recalled the nude oh modeling. God. Like you're you're just tapping into you're tapping into the research. But yeah. it's incredible to see someone really stick to it. Like you're you're, you're highly adaptable, but your principles and like your mission is very much still intact, the same way it was three years ago, and now you're so much further. What has changed for you in the past three years? You've done so much.
0: Yo, definitely, truthfully, my confidence in myself. And I think, I, I said that at the beginning of this conversation that this last year I felt I've grown uh, in my confidence and competence. I really am a big believer that like, competence begets confidence. Um, Mm -hmm. if you let it, if you can trust yourself to get to that Mm -hmm. point. And now uh, these last three years, like when I moved out here, I was moving to a brand new city. I'd never owned a house before. I'd never worked in the music industry in the capacity that I do now out here. And everything were big, big question marks. Um, Now, having been here, I have a home. Uh, I have amazing people that I know and love. I feel respected for my work within the industry. So the things that have changed have just been getting more solidified answers to these previous question marks and feeling comfortable and confident in myself. And also just realizing that these various game plans. Okay. I've definitely, I've never gone in public about this either. And I'm a little scared too. but Drew knows this. Like when I was 24 years old, I told my dad, I want to be a millionaire by the time I was 30. And I think I decided that when I was like 22 or 23, it was just like, I woke up one morning. I was like, well, I want to do this in life. And it seems like people, over the course of their life and never we come through like X dollars, like it seems doable, then why don't I put like a hard date on it and like set that as something to work towards. Um, mm. and like, it's kind of an arbitrary number. We'll see if I get there. I'd like to think that I'm on schedule somehow still all these years later. But I think that the biggest thing that's changed for me these last three years too has been, um, all this stuff takes time and the time has passed now to where some of the seeds that I planted years ago are now coming to fruition. And I am stoked because not only are they literally like providing for me, but they're also providing education and opportunities that are going to continue to provide for me, and for those around me in the future. So just seeing all my little views and schemes come to plan, like let me do that. Thread the other day when I said I was hyped because I did exactly what I said I was going to do in my journal, I have yeah. so many things I've written down over the years where it's been like, dude, I, I said I'm going to do this shit and like I really want to do it. And I want to look back in the future and be like, yeah, I said I was going to do it and I did it. So I think some of that and just now like realizing that like I am doing the things I said I was going to do so, all the other crazy shit I said I was going to do. It's plausible. <laughs> I said, working on doing it. <laughs> you know, just...
2: That's what I loved about that particular thread, is specifically when you mentioned that. And you I think you shared the photos of that journal. Yes,
0: yeah, it's like, literally just a screenshot. This is where I said it. Which is, which <laughs> yeah. that's
2: what really blew my mind because so much of how we just approach things is maybe not understanding. It's that confidence and, and competence and like having those two align, like what you mentioned. Because I think of so many times in mine, it's just, you know, we go in something, and if it worked out, oh, like what I did must have been right, and like it's not left up to luck. Or if something didn't work out, oh, I must have done something wrong, and like there's you don't really learn from that. But what you did was like you envisioned a play, yeah. You wrote that down, so it's the proof. Yeah. And then you you did it, <laughs> and did so you it. could yeah. show it's it's like less about that luck. You knew the steps. You entrusted yourself to enact those. And it wasn't just a coin toss. You can kind of like look back and learn. That particular part is what kind of blew me away the most, is that you had the vision to see this. I'm glad, dude.
0: Yeah, It's wild.
2: It's it's honestly wild.
0: Yeah, the the same thing as as any of us, like back when we were trying to get into music school or any of the things that we're doing. At some point, there has to be a point where you, to yourself, tell yourself you're going to do it. And even these days, I'm kind of... I am big on like, verbalize and like, vocalize like, your, your dreams. And I like, just put it out there because if you aren't even afraid to say it for yourself, you won't tell anybody else that. And the more you hear it coming out of your own mouth, the more it just becomes real. And I love talking about things in the past tense that I've never done. Like, I'd love mm. to sit here and be like, oh yeah, bro, I made $10 million last year. Like it sounds crazy the first time but when i hear myself say that a hundred times it's not really that crazy anymore and three or five or ten years from now when i say that and it's real it's because we sat here and i believed it mm-hmm. you know?
1: these are all things like these are all facts and the fact that you understand them is a testament to what you've achieved in your life and what you continue on the path to achieve and it's rare that i find people in this life that actually have that same that same energy because like i often have that energy when i go into social interactions and it intimidates the hell out of people a lot of times and i love that you own it and it's not just that you're trying to speak things into existence but you put Effort yeah. and weight and planning and action behind all of those things. And and the thing that, that solidified it for me was this John Hong article for me in reading about the house hack, because I'd never even heard of this. This is not something that people talk about in school, let alone in communities. And one of the biggest things that I find that plagues African-American communities um, is that we don't we don't have a lot of ownership over property or over homes because it wasn't afforded to us in the same way. And so I'm wondering if you can kind of break it down to the atomic level and share this with our audience. Like what exactly is a house hack and is it a viable option for people to pursue, especially going into college or out of college? Dude, 100%. So
0: It's a good question you asked. I'm kind of surprised, maybe not that surprised, but really happy to hear that John's article about me was your first introduction to house hacking for both you guys. Uh, that was a term that I came into during college, just like stumbling around the webs, looking for like ways to make money and be financially free and like reduce your expenses. And so basically, house hacking is where you buy a property. Uh, typically they say like buy a two to four unit place, but whatever you can afford and whatever you can find in the market. And you have renters who pay rent to live there and their rent covers part or ideally all of your mortgage. And so you get to live rent free and then that frees you up to, I guess, do all the other things that you would be doing with the money you would otherwise spend on rent. So... (laughs) In my case, that meant like saving, saving, saving. And now like that I have a little bit of savings, I'm trying to flip that into more money through alternative investments, et cetera. Um, but at its uh, core, house hacking is basically buying a place, renting it out to other people and living there for free. And I definitely, I hugely advocate for this. I think that, um, I mean, I could go on the record and talk a lot about the different like, ways to get financing and all the difficulties of that. Mm-hmm. Like as musicians, mm-hmm. Um, and yes. having just gone through this process multiple times over the years, but like, especially just recently, I know how hard it is. Even when you're making good money as a musician, get qualified bank, mm-hmm. buy a bank for a mortgage. Um, but if you can do it and if you can find creative ways to do it, I think that the house hack is to me, other than starting a business itself is a single easiest and like lowest cost barrier to entry uh, way to quickly, and reliably, like consistently, build some sort of wealth and equity here in America. And I also think, like, kind of coming back to you talked earlier, Drew, about musicians and like Black musicians not having any ownership, and like Black Americans not having any ownership. Um, yeah, ownership has absolutely changed my life. I I am a big advocate for that. I think that you have to be equitable and like empathetic in everything you're doing. It's not about numbers. At the end of the day, one thing that I love about Real estate, in particular, is like the human element of it, and realizing that you know like you're providing a very a need for people and like they have needs as well and like if you can be human in your understandings of that, like there's a lot of money to be made that can be consistent and here in this capitalist like world where we don't make the rules, like this is a good way for those of us who don't have much to maximize what little we have,
1: I love that
2: man, claiming power what I like about that too, is that you're coming in there. And it's empathetic power, not just purely money, but, you know, we live in a money-based world. I imagine like the sheer like confidence that comes with that, like knowing like <laughs> this is mine, like
0: I own this. Yeah, <laughs> this, this- <laughs> my house. This- yeah, my house. It's it-, it feels good. It feels bad. I will say, OK, truthfully. Really, when I bought the second place this year back in February, and when I stepped back there in May to like do that work, that was that really felt legit. That was when I was like, dude, I felt like a boss. This is my little building out here in the middle of nowhere. Nobody can tell me anything. The dude who's in here doesn't even know who I am. I was like, yeah, man, I'm the owner. What's up? So, yeah, because <laughs> I hadn't met him in person, yeah. you know. So that yeah. that that does feel cool with the house here. Maybe not so much, but I I do think the ownership like aspect of of everything definitely comes through in what I do. Like I've never, I rented for two years in my life. Everything else been, since then has been, I owned it. Like my car, my house, my various businesses, the successes and the losses like are all on my head. Hopefully it's mostly going to be successes moving forward. But I think here in the U.S., you have to own your stuff. And like, that's the same thing with you guys with the podcast. You see it with Tyler Perry. You see it with Kanye West. You see it with, I mean, the list mm-hmm. goes on, but you you have to own your things. Oprah. Oh my Oprah, God. Oprah, perfect example, I mean, dude. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: It's true. I think about this all the time too, but it kind of shifted learning about your story because one thing I guess, actually very similar to Drew, probably over the, the past couple of years is like I've been very like intent on ownership of intellectual property, my music. Yep. And what I spent so much time doing was growing, trying to grow skills and knowledge. One, because I that's just what interests me. The problem with switching... I'd never say careers. Like I've been very fortunate in that almost everything I've done by the design has just been music related in some way, shape or fashion. But Mm -hmm. I I think that might've been like the limiting factor uh, as far as like getting, getting big, like what you have, where you really expanded into, into real estate, into merchandise, into brand.
0: Yeah.
2: And so I think when I uh, like reading up uh, about you and just like first discovering you, I was like, Oh, it's, not just like a, a passive okay to go out there into the field, but like, wait a minute, sometimes staying just within music is thinking small. And like there, yeah. there is yeah. a wealth of opportunity and growth. I was very interested in learning skills, but I spent so much time skill build- building and knowledge building. I didn't spend any time wealth building. And
0: like- Well, so here's a, here's a cool thing that was like, all the skills that you built, even the stuff I'm doing right now, I'll be real. Part of me doesn't feel like diving deep on some of these econ brands because the future is digital. And Mm -hmm. the stuff you guys are doing is stuff that exists. It's evergreen content. It sits there forever. Once it's done, you don't have to touch it again. I think that's brilliant. And it sounds like all the things that you're doing already are so applicable towards that digital reality and ecosystem of automating things and AI and whatever that eventually can be set and forget it. I'm sure that before very long, like your wealth building will be on its way up too, because of all the systems and everything else you have in place. We're working um, on it. For me, it's kind of like the opposite, like working backwards, you know, is like, I, I literally just wrote down last week at the top of my to-do list. And today I'm going to sit down for at least 15 minutes. I have a list already of digital products that I want to have for the future. But I think that that's the way to go. And like having stuff that can sit online, be accessible, Immediately, always like that's super scalable and super low effort. Eventually, like an app.
2: <laughs> yeah, what's that minimum viable product? Yeah,
1: I've been thinking about. So yeah, even
2: even recently, like starting with a company with a friend and thinking about that. Like, what is the easiest way that is both help people would be interesting? Long story short, it's like uh, the Airbnb of concerts.
0: Yeah. Group okay, but so I've I wondered about that too because I have some notes about that too. I'd love to hear your thoughts. But yeah, go on because I yeah. keep coming back to group news with that same idea. But go on. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So we like started in a couple of weeks in, and it's been in the process. Like now we're like interviewing ex-musician web developers and front end, back end, and all that. But yeah. you know, sitting in the room thinking of the the big kicker is like one, does it help people? Two, the scalable nature. Like, is this upfront? Can we like rapidly prototype? Like all these things we think yeah. about in business that I would have not considered doing even, let's say a year ago, really until we started talking, doing this podcast where it's like, hey, why am I thinking small? Like, why am I restricting myself to this? Um, Like, let's go out and do big, create a business, run a business, create something that I could sit back and it could give me income because two things, you mentioned one, like about how busy you are, the grinding, you've always stayed busy, you've always been working on something. You, You mentioned when you weren't working on things, not just less done because you weren't working, but it was like harder to be efficient. And I can directly speak yeah. to that. I was just go, 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 go in New York. It was awesome. And I was just pumping out stuff. And then I moved to LA and I had, d- intentionally didn't like find anything specific. I came out here. I'll take a little breather and I have all this free time, yeah. be fully freelance, no longer teaching. And I like accomplished like nothing. I I can't even like point to anything from those like couple months between, and then we started a podcast. So like maybe yeah. that's. We started a podcast really soon. He was like,
1: he was like, Drew, I'm dying here. Help me. <laughs> Let's do something. Like, Drew, I'm so sad. And and here we people. are, yet. But it's true. I think there is
2: a phrase like, if you want something done, go to the busiest person and you're the busiest person. Um, So like, how do you, you mentioned your to-do list. Is your day highly structured or like how, how on earth do you do all this, this stuff?
0: Ben, I'm so happy to talk about this because I'm thinking about this all the time too. I don't have a great system. I'll be honest. I'm glad and kind of impressed that I get the things done that I do. I'm pretty organized. uh, But I definitely like this morning, let me see if I can even, I think I wrote this down today was to like make an actual, I want to have a routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah let me see here where's my i never have but i want it so, so what i do right now is basically yeah right here dude here we go i'm gonna send you guys my this is from my note okay mm-hmm. this is my this is how i actually keep track of everything oh, i have so one this i use have a ton of notes i'm a copious note taker in the notes app dude but uh how do i send this in the
2: same i'm evernote um, obsessed
0: In chat in the zoom or whatever <sighs> Um, yeah, and no, I, okay, so Notions, I don't use Evernote. So. No, I just use a, uh, mm-hmm. I use the Apple Notes app. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I basically keep a running man. What the hell? How do I send? This? I'm gonna have to send this after we're done. But yeah, yeah. long story short, I just like wrote in my note this morning that I was gonna write down like make an actual routine for the end of the year and like try to stick to yeah. it. And so basically, I wake up every day. I have, I know like my various ventures that I'm working on, and I know that the only way to move forward is to kick the can a little further down the road every day. So if If I have time to be working on music and the desire, I'll work on some music stuff. The e-com things is always something I can be doing. So I try to like at least send some messages to a lawyer or talk to a manufacturer Mm -hmm. or uh, sit down. A lot of it is just... Kicking it down um, the road. Yeah, kicking it down the road, but uh, I'll be like, okay, so I know that I need to have like ad copy written for whatever campaigns you're going to write eventually. And if I don't have it right now, maybe I had a great sentence last night. So I jotted that down. I'll sit down mm-hmm. for 15 minutes today and just like brainstorm around that. Just jot some ideas down to like, get them out and then leave them until later when I want to come back to like that aspect of it. But basically just like working through this list, adding to it as things come up and realizing that sometimes things get put down the list. Like that may have been at the top of a week ago, like 300 things down. And like, I just won't get to it now. I'll get to it eventually. Mm-hmm.
1: And it's um, there.
0: Yeah. You, you remind me, there, um, and the main thing is just like jotting it down. Yeah,
2: is it, you remind me a lot of a of a of a, <laughs> a well-known pod podcaster called James Altucher or Altucher yeah, or something. True. But he he's 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 one of those. um, Yeah, he's got like five hundred some episodes. But just another like interesting story, like made millions, lost millions, made millions, lost millions. Like lived in Airbnbs for two years. Like he's like I won't know possessions and. He's kind of like the Forrest Gump of business. Like he's at the dot yeah. com and then he's at the the Netflix and he's just winning and losing and living in a park and whatever. Yeah. And now he's podcasting <laughs> uh, for a couple years. <laughs> but something specific he mentioned. He mentions a couple things. Like he wrote the book yeah. like Choose Yourself and basically he's talking about, you know, get 1% better a day because if you compound 1%, it gets to a huge number. It's humongous. Each, uh, I don't do math, it. but it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing he specifically each. mentioned uh, for his like list that why it sounds just like you and for him he's like he writes down 10 ideas a day and so he and he does it like on like a waiter's pad and like a notepad and and so like yeah. it'll be a subject like 10 book ideas or whatever and he just writes them down and then you know just throws them somewhere but what he's doing yeah. is he's practicing the craft of creativity uh, uh, yes. of, of coming up with ideas of and then you if he if he wants to come back to it to pull it out and like choose one idea and like do ten things about that idea. But he, Yo, he's documenting the process and it sounds like you do something very similar. So
0: I, I love doing that. I definitely do that. I have so many random schemes. I have a whole list. It's called golden ideas. It's like just a list of like things I think that are all worth millions of dollars. That if something I'm doing right now doesn't work out. But one thing I definitely do is like often start down a path just to see and for curiosity. Mm-hmm. Like there's for example, there's two other houses like on our block that I've tried to buy these past three years. I didn't have the money to do it. I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I went through the process of at least trying to figure it out. I learned a lot. Um, you know, you never know. Just like turning over stones and like kind of figuring things out and
1: guessing and like jotting it down to maybe come back to later. Speaking um, of that, can I yeah. can I ask a question real quick, bro? So yeah, I recently yeah. went through the the mortgage uh, certification or just the credit pull and just seeing in general, yeah. like what it was like to do that. And um, yeah, you're right. Did we talk about this? I don't know. If we, we never really talked about it much... afterwards. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm so curious. Wow, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. It,
1: I, it eventually got rejected mostly because of my student loan payments and the fact that they're in deferment mm-hmm. and stuff like that. That's
0: what I wondered. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, yeah. So go on. Yeah, so I'm yeah. wondering,
1: because this is also why I'm also trying to do Habitat for Humanity. Um. Because sure. to, to, I do know that if I were to even conceivably do a house hack the money that I would be paying for rent that could go straight to student loans it doesn't even need mm-hmm. to be like exactly. that you know yep. I, don't, I don't have to change yep. my lifestyle and move back home you know to, mm-hmm. to do that so um my question for you because you said a little earlier in the conversation we could go down the rabbit hole and I kind of want to take yeah, the red sure. pill bro what are some <laughs> of the <laughs> what what are the um sort of you want the pain. Want the pain. Give, the me, give me the pain. I want... What are some of the realities that we encounter by like, trying to get a loan get, as a and musician? Yeah, and what are some ways that you found that would be useful? Okay. Yeah. Okay, for sure. This is actually
0: really actionable stuff. And like... I mean, I've, I've been rejected by so many banks these days I don't even care.
1: <laughs> I, I really oh, so it's not bad. It's like... No oh,
0: pain. Okay. No, so it's banks, it's lenders, it's uh, mortgage brokers or whatever, whoever's the, giving yeah. the money. Um mm-hmm. basically yeah, the way I mean the whole system here in America is kinda not great. Yeah. But um the way the financial system works and the way the lending system works, um, is kinda like healthcare in that a lot of it's tied to your W two employer. And for those of us who are freelance musicians, we oftentimes don't have like a double U2 employer. And if we do, it doesn't pay a ton of money. Nope. Mm-hmm. And if we do have one that doesn't pay a ton of money, it's also possible. And often the case that we haven't worked at that job for that long. So we don't even have that long of an income history to show Never. consistency. So banks are always looking for, oh, and because a lot of times we're students we have student loan debt. So the combination of not a ton of income, not a verifiable, consistent income to prove, plus like whatever amount of debt on our head means that we're from the jump fighting an uphill battle to try to get qualified. Um, so with, the, did you have a question?
2: No, I was just going to
0: say shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, so that's right. And so for, for me, what I was able to do When I bought my place three years ago was I had to go to my parents. My mom's retired. My dad still works. They don't make a ton of money, but they're old enough now. They've had their house for like 30 years. It's paid off. um, And that changed everything. I was able to pay my money out of pocket to get in the door, but use their income combined with mine. We were able to qualify for a large enough loan. And after being rejected by probably like seven or eight different banks and lenders, we found one through our agent, through my agent, who was actually able to get us qualified, do it. And, uh, and here I am, you know, three years later, I just refinanced the loan earlier this year. I went through the process with the same lender. It went well. I'm not tripping about it. Um, I will say one thing you definitely have to be persistent. I'm finding this, uh, like following up with people is key in any industry, especially here in music. Like sometimes people just are busy. They didn't get it. Mm -hmm. Maybe at the moment they want to respond to it, but with the loans thing, like I literally had so many people like, laugh in my face when, one, I told him I was going to buy a house, two, when I was trying to get a loan, they're just like, dude, you don't make any money. How are you going to prove this? <laughs> yeah. You It like, doesn't matter. Like, I did it. Dude, I'm I a dude it. model. Exactly. Like, man, bro, that I'm making screwed. 25 bucks last yeah. week. Come on, <laughs> let me get a house. Like, um. So, no, it's up a battle and, like, just be prepared for the slog. But also understand that as much as there are rules and laws and they are very objective there also is a degree of subjectiveness to the lending business Mm. and that depending on the story you can, I'm not going to say go out and lie at all, but depending on the story you can present to the lender and the way in which you can frame things can make you more or less likely to have, uh, to have your your chances like more or less likely of getting approved for your Mm. loan. Mm. Um, I'm trying to think of like actual actionable things that we can do as musicians that would specifically be that, um, I don't know Yeah. as far as like maybe just excluding some things from like, if you're conversing with your lender, like not mentioning, if you have five dogs or something or that like you're not that they can legally like discriminate against you. If you tell them that, you know, like maybe your mom has cancer and like your sister is like something like, just adding a bunch of like potentially financially expensive family issues. Mm -hmm. I know that like maybe by law, they can't hold that against you, Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's better just to say less and like... Say less.
1: Say less. Slide in, you know, yes, and like
0: not complicate things. Mm-hmm. Um, coming back to uh, like getting qualified for a loan. Yeah, like making sure... Do you, Yeah, we don't need to get into like your personal student finance. No, yes. Student loan debt situation on the pod. Yes. But I am very curious to talk to you about what the lenders had to say about that because since I don't have loan debt, thankfully, because scholarships... Mm-hmm. That was not something that I had encountered, but I know for most musicians, that is a reality and it's is a mm-hmm. hurdle to get over. And I want to know how to help them get over that. One of my friends here in town is a musician and he did it. I went with his lender earlier this year for another thing. He got me pre-qualified. So I know that there's hope out there. I know it can be done. I know there's lenders who, it seems even like maybe specialize specialized in lending to non-traditional
1: mortgagees or whatever but uh, for right now, I don't have a definite answer. Habita- Other Habita- things you talked about, the NACA program. Habitat yeah. for Humanity. Um, I think that, yeah. well, my, my mom's a real estate broker and so she's always, she's hip to a lot of these different things. She's been a real estate broker for 21 years now, actually. Um, and yeah, she's kept wow. her license and so she consults a lot of people and so I was just but she's my mom so like, yeah. I never really thought about yeah, it but yeah. now I'm kind of like holy I mean, shit you're an expert hold on let me talk <laughs> she
0: straight up that's that's why I mean I don't know if your podcast listeners know this but this year like my dad's an accountant mm-hmm. and I had Drew use my dad for an accountant this yeah. year I hope he had a good experience Great but experience. I know that like my experience with my dad is like he's been doing this stuff for 30 years he literally worked for the IRS so I know that like what he's telling me is good Uh huh. so like um. Another thing is like, yeah, Drew. Like you don't have to go outside of your network to get like awesome, legitimately
1: like, super valuable real estate advice information. Yeah. So yeah. she was talking That's about for humanity, and it's it's by state, and so this is how she was like, "This is how you're going to get a house, bro." So she was like, "You have a low income, you're a musician, so like you qualify for like low income programs, especially since like what you said, it, your a lot of your income is tied to W two work." I have maybe two or three people. And they've paid me $1,000 each. So it's like, it yeah. looks like on paper. You know? So the so last two years,
0: you made $3,000, <laughs> but if you split in two, it's like you made 1500 That was before taxes. So yeah. you made like $1,200. <laughs> and, and, and our
1: mortgage is uh, 2700 uh, a yeah. month. Yeah. It's <laughs> like, bruh. For the cheapest shit you can buy in cheapest town. Shit, oh my goodness. <laughs> <in laughs> what happens after humanity number. does is it, it uses <laughs> sweat equity. So like you, you have to mm. do work with the homes and you also have to do home yeah. buying, cor- home buying course. You have to do uh, cool. a lot of counseling meetings with a a <clears throat> home purchasing counselor. They give you a lot of different steps. So I'm just about to jump through it's the good. hoops. <laughs> if I,
0: if I hadn't done it the way I did, I would yeah. definitely, I think I've told you this, Drew. I definitely would do that. Mm-hmm. The NACA and the Habitat for Humanity, and I think there's one other program that offer literal like zero money down home buying programs. To me, that's a no brainer, no brainer.
2: Do you still get hit with like PMI with those things? And
0: oh, so oh. so when I refinanced my loan earlier this year, I got out of the PMI. So oh, yeah, it only oh, took three years, bro. Like, what I tell you, I told you, I told to, oh, oh, us. Right. People always trip, they're like, oh man, you have to pay PMI. I'm like, okay, well look. Once you get up to X percent of equity in the home, which in a city like Los Angeles, where your value is going to go up one hundred and twenty plus thousand dollars in two and a half years like mine did. It's not that hard to get from your three and a half percent down or even zero percent down to having 20 percent equity in the home. Refinance the loan later, reduce your mortgage payment, get your cash back and get rid of the mortgage insurance premium.
1: Bro. okay, so that I thought you were talking about your Wyoming property. When you were talking so, about that, I mean yeah.
0: the, the Wyoming property, I I don't have to pay mortgage insurance premium because I came in with more than twenty percent down. Mm-hmm. I think you only have to have the mortgage insurance premium if you have less, less than ten percent. Ten percent. I thought it was less. Than, than, maybe it's fifteen.
1: I, in the home buying course they say fifteen to twenty. So like you want to okay, at least right. hit twenty twenty down if you want to avoid PMI. Uh, yeah. T-
2: okay. So, so that was some TMI PMI. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> I want to want to transition. One thing you you mentioned specifically yeah, is, is, is no, 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 that's sorry. Is you're an artist, you're a musician. Besides just functioning through all all of this, yeah, we haven't estate, even talked about the music, yeah. I want to shift into like how you also function yeah. as a full time performer, and it seems like a lot of r- recording. Like most recently, mulan Finally, yeah, drop, yeah. but also Lion King, all these Shut other up. you know big name hey. shit.
0: How do you get there? Yeah, a bunch of stuff. Oh man, that's a great question. And honestly, like even as we're sitting here, myself, I'm forgetting that I'm a violinist. Sometimes I forget that. <laughs> with a would it Because I just get so hyped and so excited about all these other things. Like like my violin's sitting here, me, I forgot about it. No, uh, music has always been a love. Definitely think we probably all at different times in our life exhibited some sort of talent for music. I think it's something that whether or not I did it professionally, I would have always had some sort of interest in doing. Mm-hmm. It seems to me like the further I go in this like road, I remember there was a point a year and a half, two years ago when like, I didn't have a ton of gigs, uh, things were not seeming great for the music career. I had just started this real estate job and I was thinking about letting the music kind of go. And actually this, this summer I was home, my brother told me three years ago when I was home at Christmas before I moved to L.A., he told me, we sat down, I was, telling, I was thinking about quitting music. And so now, here we are three years later, and like, things have been awesome with music. I love music. I do it every day. Um, so I think that it's just uh, being open to like everything. Like For me, being open to everything that I'm into and interested in and realizing that music is something I love, I have a talent for, these opportunities pop up. When I'm making music, it's totally different kind of say, but also very different half of your brain. Um, And like the artistic creative element of it is similar, but also different from the business stuff Mm -hmm. Uh, and the emotional sensations and experience also very different. I think it's just kind of jumping into different worlds and feeling comfortable, like going between them at a whim. I, I talked earlier about like finding and spending a lot of these past couple of years, like trying to set who I am and like figure out my own, like just basically the things I want to do, what I want to do. And like am I going to go do it? How am I going to do it? And so when I'm making music, like I'm doing music and that's that I'm thinking about the music when I'm doing the business stuff, it's kind of like a little bit different. Mm-hmm.
2: It's like they're like complimenting approach. each other. So like when one, yeah. when one's, I mean, that's just kind of nice too. And, and Drew, I've, talked a bunch about this too like one of the benefits of having either like multiple streams of income or just multiple streams of interest is that when either one isn't going another's probably going well and like they can feed into each other and different parts of the brain what you what you said have you found that like with this financial freedom and these other interests that it's like helped music like do you are you like less stressed about music what has it done
0: no for sure um Okay. So when I think about like my overall like life plan and like goals for music and the real estate, as I said before, it's like I'm trying to free up time to pursue these other creative and like personal ventures, most of them being musical. Um, And when I look at like my idols, it seems to me like they just make their money in other things and funnel that back into the music. And so for me, having lived here these past few years, and not having had to pay rent. I've been able to save, I've been able to say no to gigs that I don't wanna do. I've also been able to say yes to, especially when I first got here, the very few gigs that I was getting and like be okay not making that much money and, and still being able to pursue everything else with the relative freedom and flexibility that I was so craving and like have had consistently.
1: Can I share something with you? Yeah, I said no to my first gig out here in LA. I said no to my first gig yesterday. Oh. Yeah, and how did you feel, bro? Incredible! So- Amazing! <laughs> like I was like, but that's money I could Shut have because I need more. I need Shut to up. save. But I was like, if for the amount of time I did a value judgment, do I even want to do this? Yeah. No is it worth the money and do i need the money right this minute or like in the future do i need the money right now no or would i just have time to maybe sleep (laughs) during that time or think about what i want to do with my life with that time instead of my problem that i found is i i schedule myself to exhaustion by the minute Mm -hmm. you know and i often will if, if i fall if something goes wrong like what happened with my subway order and then also what happened with the Zoom link, <laughs> things run. I know behind. you get stressed, I know how it goes. See what
2: happens, folks. He's like, oh
1: man, I
0: gotta go, like I'm down on this. It's just like he's running in and out of the house.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but I never time for me. So I love that you embody and employ that wisdom of saying no and like doing that and that you are in a space <clears> like <throat> that. I admire that and I wanna be there. So thank you for inspiring me to get there. So no, Trevor,
0: like in summary <laughs> though, so sort the of answer is yes, like the stability has allowed for a lot of freedom and like peace of mind and flexibility. Drew and I have talked about this. I told him like very real, like last year I busted my ass. I made more money than I ever have in my life. It was a great year and mm-hmm. I laid low and I saved a bunch of money. And like now all the stuff I'm doing, I mean, I've been taking some risks in life when i when i bought the house for example i put like everything i had into it Mm -hmm. but now like i have more than a year's worth of like expenses saved up so if some shit goes south if everybody in the house like dips for a year and like i can't find a tenant for a year i don't really care and that that is a different place to be operating from and i think that's also the biggest difference too is like i've been putting the time back then Now getting to a little place of some freedom, you can look around and decide like how you want to move differently given that your concern is not the day-to-day anymore. Now I'm thinking about like next year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, how can I maximize this experience right now?
2: I love that. I think that's really hard to do for musicians. That's brilliant.
0: And I don't think people get that. Dude, it's really fucking hard because we don't make that much money. We can't save, we can't do anything. So yeah.
2: That uh, James Altucher guy. But one thing he mentioned just since you remind me so much. I need to check him out. <laughs> <laughs> and so now what he does is like stand up. He's always finding a new venture and he's interviewed yeah. everyone. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, other Girl. titans of the industry or whatever, just like r- the most random people. Yeah. One thing he also, I think alluded to is you don't really get rich off a of salary because you, you adapt your life to the salary. And that makes a lot of sense when people are looking out like this pandemic sh- strikes and someone who made $200,000 is suddenly like, freaking out
0: dude we're seeing this all over
2: and it's because they adapt
0: i make twenty thousand dollars bro Like, what the hell are you talking about yeah
2: yeah my <laughs> friends are like oh, i don't have enough money i'm like dude i made like thirty thousand dollars and like i spend mo- i have to like you Yo. know i live in expensive cities but yet i'm like not not sweating yeah it's because they adapt to it i think one thing that it's not to the scale that you experienced but at least what was nice about new york and musicians one benefit can be that if you have enough stable things All these little gigs are like bonuses. I haven't specifically planned for them to exist. So like my savings grow, but just like what you said. So when I moved to LA, it was scary. I had to remind myself while I'm hitting the red, while I'm dipping into that, I needed to remind myself constantly like, cause you know, it was waking up with anxiety, which is like in the middle of the night, just like, oh God, money, 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 money. But it's like, wait a minute, Mm -hmm. this was part of your plan. My plan was, I was like, I was gonna go there and I wasn't gonna rush in and do something I didn't wanna do. That savings yep. was there for a reason. And so similar to yep. you, it's like you've planned that. You you have an allotted amount of sums that if the worst case scenario happens, it's in there. So that while it's happening, odds are the worst case scenario isn't going to happen. It might be somewhere in between, but even still, I can just tell you wouldn't sit be there. You wouldn't be sitting there sweating, waking up. You've, you've planned for it. I wouldn't be sitting there yeah.
0: sweating. At- and like, Drew, and I talked about this too, like when the pandemic hit, it made me feel good that Drew said that I made him feel good because he didn't see me freaking out and like tripping about <laughs> shit. And he's just like, okay,
1: well, I guess that's yeah, just like, was like, double down and get it, you know? we Okay, that's what was the energy in our house is like Mindy, Winton, and me, we all kind of like collectively as things started hitting the family, we uh-huh. were like... Okay, let's uh, go. Time uh, and so we start working out. We start. We've cooking, been working out. Healthy, we've been working, working on our business. The rings. We've been-
0: mm-hmm. I went out this morning. I had like. I did some rings with Drew. oh
1: uh, Yeah. Content. Drew, you got to film that. He did. I put him through the rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. sorry bro. I didn't this time, but if if you ever want to come through again, Wins, we'll get you. We'll get a nice clip of you holding yourself. You did that. that I got that one. That yeah. First pose where you hold yourself. Eight. You got the form perfectly whoa, whoa. bro. And those rows, man, nice. I'm proud of you, man. You crushed it. Yeah. Well, someday you I'll know. get them, get them like but you. Yeah, man. So <laughs> <laughs> come on, hang out. But like, I, I really thank you first of all for coming. I wanted to like ask you one more question. Cause like one thing that I'm learning on my journey yeah. uh, of getting towards owning things is like this idea of saving. Right. And, and when you're freelancing, It can be, and you get a $100 check here, you get a $200 check here. It feels bad. Like (laughs) $100, that's like, I could spend that in 15 minutes. How do I save any of Mm -hmm. this, right? So what are some like like, maybe methods or philosophies that you do for saving that? Dude, I definitely, yeah. I'm
0: glad you asked that because I did want to say a few things that... Mm -hmm. So along this whole journey... I. Dude, I really love living with you and Mindy and like having all my musician friends because we're all in so many just like different places along the same journey, which is like me transitioning from being Mm -hmm. a musician, like getting out of school, not making a ton of money to now like trying to figure out how to make money and like how to live in this world. Um, So things that I've done along my journey to help like just being frugal. Okay, so obviously tracking your expenses is huge knowing what you need to make every month and like what you need to be able to afford every month is huge. So that's food, Mm -hmm. your insurance, your rent, your student loan. If you have that car payment, whatever, it's a lot of things here in America, you know, it adds up quick, Mm -hmm. but being real with yourself, knowing your numbers. And then once you have a clear picture of like what's going on, like figuring out like what to do about the equation, whether you need to figure out how to make more money, whether that's through a side hustle Or whatever, or figuring out where you need to cut expenses. One thing I would say, and like this has been hugely influential for me, and I don't know if other people do this, but basically, I run like a net zero budget, which means that every dollar that comes in, I pretty much have something I'm intending to do with it. Mm. And so, and what that also means is that I'm always operating as if the dollars I have, these are the last dollars I'm ever gonna get. And if I don't get another gig from today, I know where I stand on things. I never am like, okay, well, I'm short 500 right now, but if I get this gig in two weeks, like then I'll have it. Like, let me get this thing now. As long as I'm trying to operate with what I have. And so even when I write down, I mean, Drew, we've talked about this, but out here in LA and just as a freelance musician, it's easy to do a lot of gigs and then forget what gigs you've done. So I definitely keep a list of what I did, oh what God, date and approximately oh like what the pay should be. But one thing I do is like, let's say the gig was for 500 bucks. And I like, let's say after tax, I know it's going to be 500 bucks. I'll write down $300 on the list. And so, yeah, am I cutting myself off 200 bucks up front? Yes. But what does that mean? That means that when I'm looking at my list, okay, I have five things that I did in the last two months and I'm waiting on payments. And let's say each one of them was $500, but down here it says I only have 1500 coming in. I'm still operating as if one, I don't have that money. But two, when it comes in, it's only going to be 1500 bucks. So when I actually get the checks and it's actually $2,000, I already have way more than I was intending to operate with. So I have money now set aside for my taxes and a little extra cushion for whatever other inevitable shit probably came up. And so by being sort of, by being one, like real with yourself about what your actual numbers are, and then being kind of proactive in giving yourself a little less or like tightening just being disciplined about like what you have. I mean, look, not everybody can sit here and be like, cut $200 off a gig coming in and pretend like it doesn't exist. But if you can do it in small ways, like, okay, I have a $150 gig coming in. Let's say I'm only going to pretend it's worth $120. So I keep the $120 and of that $120, decide what to do with it. Okay, $20 is going to go to my savings. $50 is going to go towards gas. $25 is going to go towards this, $25 towards this. And suddenly the whole thing is spent and when it comes in you execute on those things you put the money in the savings you put the money towards the gas you do this and it's done and that way Mm. when you're like thinking about things you're not tripping because you already provided for it you put the money aside for the savings you did this you did that many have talked about this but like i'm not gonna send a screenshot now because i'm too lazy to figure out how to make it work but i literally i (laughs) keep a running okay running sheet of like everything that like i'm intending to buy or like need to pay for and like when I was starting out and didn't have that much money and couldn't think that far ahead, it was like, okay, I need to have money for my insurance payment next month. You have money for this, for this. Now I think about things on a larger scale. It's like if I have the cash sitting around to pay for my insurance, like my health insurance, my car insurance, whatever, for the year, let me think about that as a lump sum, a lot for it already. So now I'm sitting here, if I know what my expenses are going to be anything and have already provided for it, anything else is extra. And now it's up to me to decide, well, how, How do I maximize this? So I think that just Mm -hmm. like being real with yourself, Mm -hmm. knowing what your numbers are and finding ways to creatively, like if you can't actually go out and create more for yourself, do more with less and maximize like everything you have. So you're not wasting money unnecessarily.
2: I love that growth Mm -hmm. mindset within the budget. I mean, it it recalls back a, a phrase Drew used, discipline equals freedom. Like you're just like highly disciplined. And from that, it's allowed you flexibility. And just hearing you talk about like allotting, making your your money active it's just something i did not do for the i'd say the five years five six years of just adult life until recently um there's like a website called like you yeah. need a budget yeah. and that's and i recently signed up but like that's their philosophy too <laughs> uh is that you what you're doing is you're allotting your money to do something and i think that's what they mentioned is what typically people do is you know it might be Saving it somewhere, it's just sitting there. I just had money sitting in savings. It wasn't doing anything. It could have been doing something that have better prepared me for future moves, for bigger plays. And only until recently have I been able to, by reducing cost, AKA being very fortunate to move in with future in-laws, family for five months during COVID. I trimmed a lot of expenses and yet continued to work. And so I was, you know, not everyone can do that. Definitely not everyone can do that. Yeah, for sure.
0: But- No, dude, I I think- Yeah discipline along the route is the way like you're definitely doing the right thing and like other people have to realize that you have to make sacrifices you have to be diligent about stuff it's not always fun but it's definitely worth it every time it's been worth it because that's
2: the thing you like you don't necessarily need to live with beautiful uh roommates (laughs) like you do like like if if you looked at the the typical american models be like okay i've got this money in here throw them out I'm gonna run around naked in my four bedroom apartment. I do what I want. Ah. I'm a, my, my own boss. But you, you <laughs> didn't do that. You like understand. And back to, the, I just liked the idea <laughs> that you put you, you put your money to action. And it's very similar to <laughs> like insurances and healthcare and other things like that. It's inevitable that something's going to change. You can plan for it. the The best example is tires getting blown out or something, or or getting tires changed. Like everyone's surprised. Oh shit. I got to find a couple hundred bucks to change my tires. That should not be a, that doesn't have to be a surprise. Right. You know it's going to happen. For real. You know there's going to for be real. a roof problem. You know the fridge is going to break. Like
1: yes. a planning
2: yep. for these surprises so that when it does happen, that's just a recent change in my mindset is is planning for these things that we know Straight are up. going to happen. They're not surprises. It's inevitable. And you you do that.
0: And taking advantage of the good times to like prepare mm. for that. I think that a lot of people don't do that. Even myself, I could be better about that, I think, to some degrees. But yeah, it's like it's not always gonna be a sunny day, so milk that sunshine and like bottle it up for when it's
1: raining. I started saving in July. And now <laughs> and now look though. That's the first time I've ever started saving. Yep. I'm almost have six months of just general living expenses saved. Yeah which is really good. And how does it feel? I'm living pretty Spartan. My anxiety, so like the beginning of this whole pandemic and losing all of my work and then getting meager amounts at the time mm-hmm. of digital work, I was like, I'm screwed, you know? And mm-hmm. so that anxiety really started. And it was like all this Juilliard training, all this social media training, all this like digital training, it doesn't matter. I'm, It's all gone, right? And then it started coming in and then I felt better, but- I also knew that in order to make sure that I survived in this new world, I had to make sure that the discipline kicked in and I really took my financial uh, thought process, thought processes to the next level. And I owe it a lot of it to you uh, and being around you every day. So I really appreciate you uh, coming here and coming on and sharing some of that with our audience. I see you getting it
0: though. Drew's Drew's definitely, there's been some major shifts He's on his way for sure. There's no question.
1: And sometimes, literally, going on
2: Thank major you. ships Thank like uh, cruise ship gigs. Yeah, yeah. some good <laughs> <That> well, <too. laughs> Thanks again for coming on. Win. And like, I I mean it when when I say. <laughs> yeah. Just reading your Twitter and reading articles and just the things you say has actually shifted my mindset. I never would have thought. Bro, I'm
0: I'm honestly really humbled.
2: I never would have thought a year ago, like instead of just always working for people, which I've loved because that's how I learned. I love collaborating with people. I was like, wait, yeah, w- working with like the startup company I do now and just all these other things. It was the first time and then reading <laughs> your real estate plays and just these other yeah. things. Like, why am I not trying to be my own boss? You know, I can learn about this. I can do this. And because yeah. someone else is out there doing it and they've- they've. they've is literally,
0: I think if we're going to end on one, one last thing because I think like maybe we're coming to end or something. I don't know. But, um, Hit it. One thing that's been consistent, if I've I've always been busy, is also I remember the first time I saw somebody play, the first time I ever went to a summer festival was at Indiana University Summer String Academy. And at the end of the festival, uh, I was a junior in college at the time. This was going into a junior high school. At the end of the festival, the students who were seniors were able to audition for IU, which, you know, is a great music school. And so I saw this girl get up there and she played like Barber Violin Concerto, which I loved, hadn't started working on, wanted to work on. No, she played Brooke, sorry. And it sounded good, but it didn't sound like a thousand times better than me, you know? And I was just like, well, mm-hmm. dude, like, if she's doing it, then, like, I think I could do it too. And that same sort of mentality has been with me through everything. It's like, look at all these people who are already doing it. Look at their qualifications, their education, their experience, whatever. So many times, at least on paper, it's not even who I am or who we know ourselves to be. And so when you look at it like that, yeah, I totally Yeah, if they're doing it, you can go do it too. And like if someone is your boss, like I could be that person. So I just decided I'm going to always be that person. Like I want to be the boss of my life. I thing. love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: Drew and I probably have same same experiences. Yeah, I remember the moment like brilliant. a summer a summer festival just going it was revealing, it was expensive, but just understanding like from both of us coming from like smaller schools from undergrad what the level just is just noticing like like wait the only thing different is, their, different is their circumstances and access. I can see myself attaining that yeah. level. And so we went for it. And now, I mean, look at all of us, but yeah. you're that mm-hmm. person. So I'm going to go out there and do some business.
1: Thanks, man. Can I share my moment? <laughs> so if we're on the whole timeline, it was like your junior year in high school. My senior year in high school, it was like the summer. I was going to Bowdoin. So it was a summer festival before the freshman year of Bowdoin. college. So it was like a couple mm-hmm. years after you went to Bowdoin. And so there was this really cute chick. She was a first year master's student at Juilliard. And I was like, oh, snap. She was about to play bar talk, And I was like, oh, snap. She was going to play it. And then she did it probably. She put and she did it, and like the, th- the thing is, is like the people that I went to school with that were a year older than me, like two, three years younger than her, played it better than her, and I was like, oh wait. And that was literally the first time in my entire life I ever thought I could get into Juilliard. It up. There is definitely a moment, and it was when I was starting my undergrad. So mm-hmm. th- that seed got planted. And yeah. I hadn't really realized until you shared that moment with us, bro. That's crazy. Yeah, I love that. Plus
2: you went for it too. And I know my like undergraduate comp mm-hmm. teachers probably use me as an example Oh, well, if he can do it, y'all can do it. The difference. <laughs> no, it's true. No, it's true. <laughs> I would use me. I was yeah. not a good, I I was mostly a bassoonist. I was like barely a composer. Yeah. I just moonlit as one and I played a lot of instruments and it just interested me, but I was fortunate enough to have like quick success, but I didn't even have six or seven pieces to my name when I go up to Juilliard to audition. But the the difference was, was that festival, the experience of seeing other people at other things. Suddenly after me, they start sending students to all these festivals. (laughs) No one had done it. I went there, I saw it, and I tried. (laughs) And so I'm sure (laughs) after suddenly a bunch of people from our program start going to (laughs) Princeton PhDs, Curtis, all these other incredible programs. We just try yeah, they start shooting for it. Yeah, and they did it, and like they've achieved much more success. Yeah, rightfully so. There were a lot of better people. They just didn't submit. I almost didn't submit, and I try to think of how different my life was. Look at all of us. Here we are, pinnacle of success, podcasting rooms apart. <laughs>
0: <laughs> ah! <laughs> Yeah, man, I can see the the ocean outside my view. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll crop that in. We'll,
2: we got we got
1: Photoshop. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, it.
0: put that in the background. <laughs> I love that. Thanks
1: again, Winton. I mean, I, I was not yeah. waiting. I was not ready for that.
0: <laughs> Thanks again, Win, for coming on. No, for sure. We love it's, you. It's my pleasure. I didn't even really talk about that much music, but I hope that there's some. Dude, I wish so too. You need to come back to LA. Like, we gotta. A keyboard and a guitar waiting for you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. actually, hey, dude, maybe cut this part out, but I do Animations. have a question for you. I'm Bro, ready for can it. I uh can I try your guitar out?
2: Oh yeah. Oh absolutely. That was the I it. can't remember. Is that the old uh it's the really old acoustic? <laughs> right, Drew? Is that the really old acoustic? Yeah, it's a
0: big acoustic. one. I don't yeah. know, it's just really big.
2: Go for it. That's my like grandfather, on my dad's side, who I never met. He passed away like forever ago, seventies, like eighties ancient times. And I was all excited, mm-hmm. my aunt. okay, like we were like cleaning out, you know, the, the old house. And I was just like, oh my God, this is it.
0: Here's my million dollars, to this is like. This is
2: it, this is it. I'm, yeah. I'm fucking rich. But I forgot <laughs> that they were like super poor. Yeah. So it's literally, <laughs> it, it's like the squ- Fender Squire of like 1940 or whatever.
0: It's... <laughs> It's like the forty-year-old, like it's worth fifty dollars.
2: I yeah. I looked it up. I could not find one that was. Let's go. It was fifty bucks, and I was so, I was just so thrilled. <laughs> nice. I did it. I got my Les Paul in the closet. I'm gonna be rich. I'm gonna sound amazing. Yes. And if you look closely, like under the pick guard, I literally it would rattle. Okay. So I like shoved toothpicks under. Under the <laughs> like, All
0: right, dude. I'm check it's it completely out. It's completely ah. worthless. It. Feel free. It's hard to change the That's strings. That's how that signature sound. Man. Yeah, yeah.
2: Like I, I used it on a on a okay, film yeah, score. I'm
0: not trying to change these strings. I just uh, yeah. yeah yeah. I used oh, yeah. it on a film score oh, and it yeah. sounded
2: amazing because that like rustic folk thing. I got you. An actual rustic folk guitar.
0: Authentic. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was
2: authentic. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, the real ending Thanks again for coming oh, yeah. on the pod, Winton. Till next time
0: dude thank you guys for having me yeah, I yeah. look forward to coming back in the future hopefully at that point all your businesses are like online and running fully automated and like you have a house I have like five more and Drew is like not even here on the pod because he's too busy like shooting <laughs> something
1: uh, a guest, I'm, guest on, I'm, I'm on Mars it's Elon Ma- Musk yeah. he, he tapped, Mars, me. He, tapped me. he tapped me exactly <laughs> I love it. That Viola Martian. Before you go, Winton, like, uh, yeah, yeah, that Viola Martian, if only. Where can people find you? Like, if they want to interact with Oh, them? yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So,
0: yeah, the best places to reach me are on Instagram at Wyolinist. So that's W Y O L I N I S T, like violinist, but Winton from Wyoming. So definitely there on Twitter. Okay. Instagram is mostly about music. Twitter, I feel like I talk about more businessy stuff, but Winton Grant is my Twitter. Uh, WintonGrant.com is my website. And yeah, that's it. Dope.
2: Woo! We'll crop that in Thank there. You, Thanks, Winton. All right. Yeah, so, yeah. Drew and I are going to say nice that. things about you. Just don't listen. Yes. Don't listen through the door. Don't spoil it. It'd be like, wait, hold on.
0: Okay, I won't. I'm gonna go outside and rip the fucking bong for the first time since like <laughs> eight this morning. So let's go, boys. Let's it's been go. a pleasure, Alright, bro? Oh, <laughs> love I'll it. I'll see you in like five
1: minutes. This is great. Yes, Till next time. So <laughs> <good>. Peace <laughs> out.
2: <laughs> I love it. Welcome everybody to the Coda. Yes. Hi. Hi. Howdy. So. What a conversation. We love it. Isn't it isn't it funny having a conversation with yeah. the person you live with? <laughs>
1: I loved the my favorite thing about the that conversation, and this is selfish, okay? But my favorite part about that whole fucking conversation was hearing both of you say, Yeah, Drew, we, we talk about this a lot, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like you, you guys are like translate. I was like a true intermediary between two people that I spent <laughs> a lot of time with. And it was just it felt really good. I felt like I belonged. You know, because a big theme of my life is like not feeling like I I belong. Like before too long, I leave Mm -hmm. uh, and I go and do something else and stay there for four years and then make new friends and then I leave and then I go on a boat and I make friends for four months and then I leave. So seeing two people in my life that connect and seeing them connect, just like with you and Jeremy, Mm -hmm. it's that same thing where I feel like My community is starting to come together and I didn't realize how much of a, how much I needed that. I I think about that
2: too. I wonder if it's a dude thing or a musician thing or just a Southern thing, who knows? But a (laughs) lot of my friend groups, interactions don't, haven't often intersected. And part of it's just me because I'm not, I'm not organizing hangouts that often. I, I'm not a, feel sociable, but I don't organize any of the social things. I show up, I have a good time and I leave and I like rarely I rarely do a good job of bringing different subsets of people together <laughs> and I see that that you've been doing that but and in particular like Amy's incredible at that like all of her friends I it took me forever to learn like who came from where because her like close-knit high school friends interact with their close-knit college friends and then they'll interact on their own and then her work and then the first job and just like, she's just very friend focused and they all bled in together into this like huge group that has lots of history, but new players. And like, it's like Game of Thrones. I need like a chart to figure out the origins of, uh, of like, where all the, you know, who's going to get red wedding this time. And I've been awful at that where it's like, I have like, you know, two or three friends from this part of my life and two or three friends from this part. And then this person's in this field. And I do never, I never brought them together. And so, like, its it's been really fun to kind of, like, be part of that. To see, like, uh, like oh, I've, like, read about Drew's roommate. And then we went, you know, two years later, I go and I hang out. And we go eat, like, chicken and waffles. Which was, like, awesome.
1: So good. Yes. It was Rock's delicious. Cave on. That was yeah, that's right. So oh, good, man. Pre-COVID. Oh, so fun. I forgot about that. That was so fun. Playing oh, and laughing. Man. And, like, that's... Oh, I, and I get to, like, so talk great. to him at your hangs. But
2: then all these these other things, like bringing friends together, it's new and it's just its so fun to, like, speak with when I'm, like, jealous that I don't have such a, a, a living resource uh, on the other side of the door. And one of the things that we talked about was how he really, like, puts things into action. He's very open and honest about, like, the plays he's made, but also he's competence and confidence where he's he's saying I want to do this thing Mm -hmm. he puts in the steps and actions in order to do that thing and then that thing happens and so he can kind of draw a direct line his actions his steps that brought him to that point that's a real inspiration he's like I want x amount of dollars it's going to give me the freedom I want it's going to like give me the lifestyle I want and he
1: just did it (laughs) he's doing it like come on like (laughs) Winton Grant is the only human being I've ever met in my entire life that probably would not learn anything <laughs> from Can't Hurt Me. You know what I mean? Uh, David Goggins' book. Like, he employs so many of these principles just implicitly, probably through his own reading, but also through his own self-work. Like, he journals, he talks to himself, he, he literally employs so many of these things we learn in coaching circles to really set yourself up for success. And and it's so funny, him talking about competence and confidence, that's literally just echoing hashtag read homie, read. Can't hurt means principle of like the cookie jar, mm-hmm. you know, take your past victories, no matter how big or how small to help fuel you through your uncertainty and the discomfort of learning new things, being new avenues. Um, because it's life is just a big old love that. if then statement. If I'm capable of getting a master's at Juilliard, maybe I'm also capable. Then I am also capable of what? You know, long periods of discomfort and and learning. I'm able to be adaptable. I'm able to, I can <laughs> read, which is such a really big skill. I'm telling you, I I know it's a joke, but honestly, it's no longer becoming a meme. That's how I... I've realized I work. I just got to joke about something until I become that thing. You got to self, <laughs> self-actualize your joke. Like a hipster, like joking. like Dude. Yeah, I got to self-actualize. That's how I do. So Yeah, I'm in full agreement. Like hearing him speak, it reminds
2: yeah. me of so many of these other people yeah. I look up to and try yeah. to learn from. Like bringing up this uh, James Altucher character, another uh, podcast. Yeah. And one of the first podcasts I listened to. He's the choose yourself mindset. And Wynton's really done that. And a couple of the things we pointed out, the compounding effect of doing, getting 1% better at something a day is tremendous. Winton does that, he voiced something just like that. Mm-hmm. Creativity, mm-hmm. writing down your ideas, putting them in action, just doing your knowledge. If we are in the idea economy, the knowledge economy, he's doing that, he's stockpiling, he's building up his savings of ideas, of knowledge. That he can then use later on and he mentioned uh both you and mindy like coming in here also guest on the pod um <laughs> uh, and family faking fam it's like you know we're Guess all like, kind of like pod. different stages yeah. but with growing into these mindsets and i think like i i'm, I'm not i'm not as far along in the mm-hmm. journey as winton is with his but like he helped kickstart it and so like now i know and i'm less sweaty that hey like i'm only i'm only like a year into like this journey or something it's it's confidence and competence seeing someone who's six years into that journey or 10 years into that journey that like knowing someone set up the model you can do this you can take control of your circumstances you can take control of your finances and understand what you want and then work back from that how do i get to that point how do i get to that place is it a dollar number is it a work condition is it a location and he just really is self-aware lays it on the table, makes the chart, walks it back. It's like it's that simple, but the opposite of simple is putting it into action. And he's
1: really just gone out and done that. And so he's he's a true inspiration. He's like, you know, the the thing we always say is like you are this you are the sum of the people you spend the most time around. Mm-hmm. And he is a great person to spend time with because like now I'm kind of like, oh yeah, even if I do pick up a gig that I don't want to do, I'll just if I, I don't really need the money, but I'm going to use that money and I'm going to have purpose for it, it's going to go to a savings for a down payment on a house, or it's going to go to a savings for a campaign push for my own brand or for like a business or something. It, 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 it has value. And so then even now, like I find that when I do freelancer work and when I work with clients, I don't have that, mm-hmm. s- that freelancer stink about it. You know what I mean? There's, there's something that happens when you consistently are working and building other people's projects and getting paid for it. And then when you go Mm -hmm. home, you don't really have anything of your own, right? There is this emptiness and you feel like you're being used. And in our consumerist society, we often like try to encourage this consumerist, like, no, it's okay. Just buy nice things and you'll be okay. But buy, buy, buy. But by switching that paradigm at least for me and i've seen it in Winton, and that's why i'm reflecting it i don't feel as sour about working for other people's projects because now i'm like no 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 no, no. that's that's yours like that is your money that you're going to use to change something in your life and that's just such a healthy perspective change that i would i'm just i'm hoping that you all in the faking fam are also allowing yourself to undergo as well
2: so, thanks again, everyone. We hope you enjoyed it. I mean, go, go follow him. You're going to learn stuff. He specifically has influenced my life, even just the mindset. I don't think I'm going to go out and run around and do real estate plays quite yet, but just the, the framework that, hey, someone with our background, our musical training, our degrees is doing this and he's thriving in places that other people who that's their primary thing are not even thriving in. So, it can be done. You can do it. And, and really kind of proves you you can have it all (laughs) he has taken ownership he's taken ownership of his life of property uh and of his future uh so thanks again when uh if you enjoyed this give him a follow give us a rating and
1: a subscribe like and subscribe like and subscribe
2: like and subscribe like take ownership of your subscription
1: yes yes And if, and if you really enjoyed it, if you learned, if you found a gem in that conversation, make sure you share with a friend. I think that knowledge always needs company and you always get better as Jim quick always says, uh, you know, a big part of your learning is teaching somebody else. So share the podcast. That's it folks. Thanks again. Faking fam till next time. pause was everything.